Hello and welcome into another edition of the Daily Blues Podcast here on 101ESPN.com. My name is Dan Betlock with you on this Tuesday, November 19th of 2019. Glad you're here with us. Blues get ready to take on the Lightning at Enterprise tonight. Lightning come in with a lot of firepower. Of course, they were favored to win the Stanley Cup last season with 128 points in the regular season, but they failed to win a single playoff game getting swept. Of course, the Blues are defending Stanley Cup champions, and both are expecting to contend again this season. The Lightning come in winners of three of their last four games. Blues, of course, are winless in their last three games. Most recently, of course, that 4-1 loss at the hands of the Anaheim Ducks. And I think over the course of these last few games, you're starting to see the effects of not having Vladimir Tarasenko, not having Alexander Steen. But at the same time, you also need your top players to step up. Ryan O'Reilly, he'll say that. He has said as much, and he needs to step up more 5-on-5. Five five. Braden Shen's got one goal in seven games. David Perron, one goal in seven games after a fast and furious start for him. So they have certainly cooled off, that's for sure. And then when you think about just closing out games and the effect that Alexander Steen has on the St. Louis Blues and that, aspect. Two important roles that you're trying to fulfill, which has now led to some line shuffling, of course, for Craig Berube. Robert Thomas will be in the middle tonight on the third line. Tyler Bozak will play on the right side of Braden Shen. You heard in yesterday's podcast, Craig Berube talking about Robert Thomas and wanting to see him kind of down the middle. And I think it is probably time when you look at the injuries this team has and some of the struggles, uh, maybe get a look at Robert Thomas down the middle of the ice and see what kind of impact he can have for this team moving forward because he obviously is a natural centerman. So uh, that's another thing to look at tonight is Robert Thomas down the middle. So Blues Lightning tonight from the Enterprise Center. Of course, two former Blues making their returns, Kevin Shattenkirk and Pat Maroon, the local boy. And Kevin Shattenkirk joined one of our shows on our sister station here on our Hubbard Radio family, 105.7 The Point, KPNT, The Riz Show. Kevin Shattenkirk was a regular when he was a blue on the morning show on 105.7 The Point with Riz and the guys. And he so kindly joined them today. So let's play that for you. And it's weird because Riz never really does phone interviews, and he only makes special exceptions for that. And Kevin Shattenkirk was one of those exceptions. So here's Kevin on with the uh, with the guys from The Point and The Riz Show. Yeah. Kevin Shattenkirk, how are you? What's up, dude? I'm great. I'm great. It's great to hear you guys. Uh, miss you guys. How are you guys all doing? We miss you too. And uh, it's been. It's how long has it been since he's he's played in St. Louis and been on the show? Three, three years. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Three lot, long years. A lot has happened in your life. I know you, you got married, right? Yep. Got married. Uh, had a baby this summer. So it's been uh, wow. been a crazy couple of years. Everything's going really well. Look at this guy, married with a kid and everything. So over cool. The summer, congratulations. Come a long way from the uh, Glory Hole Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's still one of the favorite show. That's the. <laughs> yeah, but what about this show? <laughs> that's right. I forgot you did the Glory Hole Challenge uh, with us. That's how we met. Uh, right? no, what? Yeah, he did. It. Kevin, you did it with the uh, the. Mole, right? There was a mole. Yeah, the the dead mole that I put on your face. Yeah, oh, that was awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate right. that. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, wow. I mean, you, you left us. You you went to Washington, then you went to go play for the uh, for the team you grew up, you know, loving, which was the Rangers. Now you're down in Tampa, and now the the. Uh, the the, the the Tampa team is in town today to play the St. Louis team, and I don't know who to root for. <laughs> <laughs> root for us. I mean, you guys won the Stanley Cup last year, so uh, start rooting for us. I wouldn't mind getting one. Now, were you rooting for? Were you rooting for the Blues uh, for the Stanley Cup? I was. Yeah, I was. I, I uh, you know, obviously, still have a lot of good buddies on the team, and. Um, you know, I, I knew how much it would mean to the city and, and, you know, after playing here for so long and, um, 
you know, it was hard not to at that point after, you know, the big comeback during the season and then, you know, them kind of gaining some uh, some traction in playoffs. So it was it was exciting to see. I watched, you know, all the celebrations and everything and wish I was a part of it, but yeah. uh, definitely happy for everyone involved for sure. Yeah, it was a good time here. It really was. Brett Hall is still hungover. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now you got Maroon on the team now. Did he come in and start shoving that in your face or anything? No, not at all. He's been uh, he's been really good with it. He's actually tried to to downplay a little bit. He doesn't want to be known as uh, you know that guy who's kind of flaunting his ring around. So, um, but it's been fun to to kind of have a, you know another St. Louis guy on the team and you know talk about uh, every place that we used to go when we were here. And um, every now and again, he'll bust out some some Stanley Cup stories, which are pretty fun. Although you know, it was it during the preseason, Maroon skated by uh, the the opposing team bench and pointed to his ring finger. <laughs> uh, who that was, was who was that, that was the preseason. I think, was it, it was, was it against uh, Boston? No, I don't know. It might have been against um, against Florida, maybe. I think he got into a fight with someone. Hmm. And uh, no, it was Nashville. Yeah. It was actually Nashville. That's who it was. Yeah, pointed to his and uh, he got into a fight and pointed to his ring finger <laughs> as he skated by the bench. <laughs> I love that. Nice move. move. Yeah, Are you going to? Uh, nice move. I don't know. I don't know how long you're in town for, but is there any places like, hey, I'm back in St. Louis? I mean, you were here for, I mean, what, six full seasons? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, seven, six and a half, seven seasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because we hear two two half seasons, so let's count it. Let's say six seasons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you spent a lot of time here in St. Louis. Are there any places you're gonna go? Like, man, I I, I forgot about this place. I'm gonna hit it up. You know, I, I wish we had more time. I think there's a lot of places that I would I would like to go. Um, last night, I just went over to dinner uh, in Demun, which is where I kind of used to live when I was here for a little while. So I went over to that new restaurant, Louis, which I haven't been to before. But mm-hmm. um, you know, there are probably a few more places I'd like to go. Uh, Obi Clark's, and you know, some of the old watering holes that I used to uh, frequent back in the day. The Obi Clark's is where they had where they where they took the cup the day yeah, after they won. That right? is oh, yeah. the Blues Bar. Oh, that's yeah. the place. Yeah, that's the place that's where the place all the celebrating go. that you saw was happening. Yeah, that's the place where the players yeah. a lot of times and the broadcasters go after yeah. games and stuff like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, now that you, now that you're playing the Blues and you were a Blue at one point, is there any? Do uh, you think you have an advantage, or is this a whole new team for when you were here? You know, I I wish I could say I could give any sort of insider information, but. Um, you know, with with uh, Berube coming in, I think they're coached completely differently. Um, you know, I definitely know some of the guys on the team and how they play, but um, you know, they're playing a much different style of hockey than really when I was here and, and shortly after. So, obviously, whatever they're doing is working. They're uh, they're off to a great start again this year, and um, tonight's going to be a good game. It's it's you know, we're a team that uh, is definitely highly powered offensive team and. You know they're more of the defensive team, so we uh, we're going to see who who gives. Yeah, you're off to a pretty good start yourself there, Kevin. Yeah, there's a little bit. You got you got uh, yeah. you know, your plus six uh, on the plus minus side of things. You got a whole whole heap of assists. You know, doing good on the power play. Everything's good down in yeah. Tampa, huh? Everything's good. Everything's bright and sunny down in Tampa. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. We we have like I said, we have a really good group down there, and and it's just a fun fun group to play with our coach uh john cooper actually has some ties to st louis as well and um he just wants a fast 
high-paced team uh, that scores a lot of goals. So for a guy like me, I, I love playing that style, and, and it's been uh, it's been a blast the entire time. What are his ties here? What, did he drive through here once? <laughs> I think he had a car, he had a car he stolen actually, here one time, I think. He used, he used to coach, uh, actually coach Pat Maroon way back in the day at uh, there's a St. Louis junior team. Ah. Um, so he was here coaching him, and he knew Kelly Chase really well and mm. you know whenever he comes back he's got a lot of friends as well so he might be a little hungover this morning too oh what, good for you guys what are the <laughs> <laughs> what are the conversations yeah. what, what are the conversations you guys have uh you know on the ice with between former you know former teammates you guys still chirping at each other is it a lot of smack talk uh we we definitely chirp a little bit i think uh you know there's certain guys that really just make you laugh on the ice. Um, you know, like Jaden Schwartz is definitely one of those guys. Um, but for the most part, everyone just kind of gets into their mode and, and plays. And, um, you know, if, if there's a big hit or something like that, then sometimes you'll get some chirping and, and maybe some pushing and shoving. But um, for the most part, it's pretty pretty quiet, and you kind of joke around about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, St. Louis is a big uh, sports town, obviously, especially with uh, baseball and, and obviously uh, the the rise of, of hockey here, getting a lot of people that weren't necessarily hockey fans into hockey. And when you see um, f- favorites, like Cardinal favorites, return, and, you know, they, they get traded a- away and then they return, it's such a warm sort of thing. But how do hockey players, you being somebody that played here, this was your home, you were loved by a lot of Blues fans, uh, you know, deep hockey fans and newer fans, when you return, is there some sort of like apprehension of like, ooh, you know, I'm going going back? Are they going to cheer me? Are they yeah, going to like do, me? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like the baseball, I feel like is is safe. This is a safe zone for for former Cardinals. But is it is this right. a safe zone for for former Blues in your eyes? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I've I've been received extremely well coming back here. Um, you know, I haven't met anyone who said, you know, get the hell out of here or we're happy without you. I mean, get I the think, hell out uh, of here. Get <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? You know. I mean th- there are certain towns that I, I just feel like can't be fun to go back to after you've left them. But well, I think, you know, I played in New York in a little bit and, and uh, going back there, I mean, there's definitely some people who are you know, calling me out whenever yeah, I touch the puck or yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But here it's, it's, I mean, like you said, the fans here are so supportive and, and they love their sports. And I think, uh, you know, they're always, always like kind of on your side and, and still get tweets and messages saying like, you know, wish you were back in St. Louis. We miss you here. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, very fulfilling to see that. And, and cool. at least this time around, you won't be the focus of the uh, emotional montage video that I'm sure somebody put, already put together for Pat Maroon tonight, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think there's going to be a decent uh, decent video. Maybe even, uh, might even finally be getting his ring tonight. So oh, I think that could be uh, sure. pretty cool. Oh, that's they could get his ring before, tonight. Before yeah. the game. Are you, giving gonna... it, are you giving it to him, Patrico? I, I am not. I am definitely not. <laughs> not not <laughs> the <laughs> ring, at least. Welcome back, Bisexual intercourse. No, but Armstrong is going to give it to him, I think, I believe, at center ice before the game. So that's pretty cool. Hey, Kev, That's since awesome. you've been going, I, I got some skates and I got some gear. I've uh, I've uh, I've dabbled in hockey because my son started playing. So if you want to, you know, just like do some stick and puck later, or I'm I'm available. Just 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 let me know, man. You got my number. Listen, if your if your son wants to learn how to play at all, tell him to call me. Oh, oh. I will. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take you up on that. All you right. know, you basically just said the same thing to him as if I said to you, hey, I got a guitar, so if you ever want to play Yeah, sometime, I know. Yeah. That's the joke. <laughs> well, and him and his take... son actually wear the same size skates, too, so that's very, <laughs> yeah. very convenient. Kevin knows me. He doesn't take anything I say seriously. Listen, same Kevin size cop, too. Same yeah, size same we miss you. <laughs> Kevin Shattenkirk, thank you so much for, for taking the time and playing the best with us. Good luck tonight, and uh, next time you're in town, we hope to see you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate hey, it. We're, Great we're, we're, in a new, we're in a new deal, by the, by the way, too. We're, we're you know out in the county. We're out in Creve Corner. So, yeah, nice big studio. we got room for everybody. we got room we for you. we the Glory Hole Challenge again. So yeah. next time you're in town, you know, Perfect. spend some time. You don't have to sit on my lap. <laughs> that, 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 perfect is his way of saying ask your mother. <laughs> All right, Kevin Shattenkirk, everybody. Thank you so Thanks, much. Dude. Thanks, Thanks, dude. Yeah. Thank you. Right, Thank you. Man, what a blast the Roost Show is. And Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, what a good sport for joining them and answering some of those questions and talking about some of the things that the 1057 Point guys talk about. And uh, I listen to those guys on the regular. Um, hilarious. Always giggling and laughing. They make me cry every morning. So awesome of Kevin Shattenkirk to do that. Just shows what kind of person Shatty is. All right, let's hear on the other side of this. Pat Maroon returns. Of course, he'll get his ring tonight at Enterprise Center. Was a big part of the St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup run. Getting that game-winning goal against Dallas in overtime to send the Blues to the Western Conference Finals. Jeremy Rutherford was on with Stalter and Rivers today to talk about because he was down at practice and uh, he was around the media scrum today and um, with Pat Maroon answering a lot of questions. JR was all a part of that, so he joined the Stalter and Rivers show earlier today and here's kind of his synopsis of Pat Maroon's return to St. Louis. Just got done talking to Patty Maroon. How's he doing? He's doing well. Big smile on his face, guys, and uh, one of the largest media throngs I've ever seen around a visiting player, and there have been a lot of uh, ex-Blues to come back to St. Louis, but uh, none greater than what uh, Pat Maroon was able to accomplish here in St. Louis, winning a Stanley Cup and scoring that big goal, double OT, against Dallas. So everybody looking forward to uh, his return tonight, and it's going to be, I think, pretty emotional because uh, the Blues have decided to give him his Stanley Cup ring in a pregame ceremony. This is going to be uh, before the puck drops, so pretty emotional. They're encouraging fans to get to their seats early tonight uh, for that ceremony. And, uh, J.R., you said media throng, not thong, right? <laughs> let's hope. <laughs> I, let's just hope that these guys aren't wearing their thong. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't throw yourself in that mix, too, J.R. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got mine on. There you go. <laughs> All right, hey, J.R., Pat Maroon, um, in talking to him today, he obviously is well aware of what's going to happen tonight in the ceremony and the ring and all that. What are his feelings on all of it? The you know the time here in St. Louis, the championship, the the celebration, and now the ring ceremony. Is it, what's he got for feelings on this? But yeah, I, I just go back to uh, when I talked to him when he signed with the Blues, and we all know that he took less money than was probably uh, out there, one point seven five million to come to St. Louis for one year. And when you asked him about why he was doing that at the time, there were the two reasons: I get to be with Anthony and, and play in front of his ten year old son. And we got a chance to win a Stanley Cup here in St. Louis and be remembered forever. And when people map things out like that, whoever gets to check both things off their list? I mean, to, to be able to come down the rink, not just the uh, during the playoffs, but all season long and, you know, see Anthony in the seats and then you'll never forget that double overtime goal. And, you know, Anthony's downstairs and he's crying and, he, you know, he's, he's shaking hands with John Hamm and everybody's interviewing his dad. I mean, that just had to be something uh, that he'll remember for the rest of his life. And then Patty... He wins the Stanley Cup, gets to check that box off, and we just asked him, 
uh, hey, Vladimir Tarasenko and some other players have said that they, they haven't bought a beer, they haven't bought a meal uh, since the Cup. And he said, same here. St. Louis has lived up to it. I haven't had to buy anything. And he said, in fact, when he's been, he's been in Tampa, uh, he, he gets a phone call from his parents saying, hey, Patty, somebody just picked up our meal too. So uh, he was pretty <laughs> excited that uh, what the after effect has been ever since winning that Stanley Cup. Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider, joins us right now on Stalter and Rivers. Jer, I, I know this is a happy night, but any, any discussion over the offseason and no offer from the Blues? Any thoughts on that from Patty Maroon? No, I think that's uh, you know water under the bridge now. Uh, Patty Maroon had a situation where he knew what it was. Doug Armstrong told him up front that uh, he had a number of restricted free agents that he had to re-sign, including uh, Jordan Bennington. And, and Pat Maroon waited as long as he could to see what kind of money uh, the Blues had. And when uh, the Blues got all their guys signed, uh, there wasn't really enough left. And I know that people will look at uh, the 900000 that he signed in Tampa Bay and say, well, the Blues couldn't afford that. Well, they, they, they probably could have, but uh, without the taxes in Florida, that's more money in, in Florida. And then also, what was his role going to be here? The Blues are ready to infuse some of these young guys, you know, like a Jordan Cairo and others. So they decided to part ways. And listen, I've talked to even some uh, family members of Pat Maroon, and they believe that it's the best uh, thing that, that could have happened. He, he had a memorable, memorable year here in St. Louis, and uh, everything played out exactly like he uh, hoped that it would. And he's able to ride off into the sunset, and then people remember Pat Maroon uh, for what he did that one year. And he gets to go play hockey you know, in Tampa Bay with a great team and a coach that he's familiar with in John Cooper. Yeah, sticking on uh, John Cooper here, uh, John had the opportunity to coach Pat Maroon. We discussed it earlier here in St. Louis playing junior hockey. And now he goes and is part of the signing of Pat Maroon in the offseason and bringing him down to Tampa. What does John Cooper think so far of our big rig down in Tampa? Absolutely loves him. And John Cooper just stood in front of uh, that media with all our thongs on and said <laughs> that uh, he would not be standing there if it weren't for Pat Maroon. And that goes back to those days uh, with the Bandits and, and winning some championships, which catapulted uh, Cooper's career. And he was able to go through the coaching ranks all the way up to the NHL and now coach uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So both of those guys, and Riv, you know that, both of those guys, Maroon and Cooper, feel that the other guy is in part responsible for the reason that, that they're in the NHL. And, and then now they're together, and obviously behind the scenes, uh, Cooper played a big role in getting uh, Patty Maroon signed in Tampa Bay. Now we know the big rig was extremely popular and still is with his teammates here in St. Louis. How is he blending into the group in Tampa? And, you know, what kind of a guy, what kind of a group of guys does he think it is? And are they loving the big rig? <laughs> they are, they are. And he's actually uh, played well. He has the four goals, I believe. Uh, he's found a home on that fourth line. And obviously they've got a ton of skill. And they've got guys that are going to put up uh, the points, Stamkos and, and uh, Kucherov. Uh, but he's on that fourth line, and that line's got an identity. They just went over to Sweden and played well together. And uh, somebody told me this. I haven't seen it yet. But uh, the fourth line, whenever they do something well, they score a goal. Uh, they they do the chopping motion and i think it's because one of them said hey look we got to get in there and chop some goals in and <laughs> i guess instead of chipping them in or i you know i guess the uh, fourth line you think of uh, guys who aren't all that skilled so they're chopping at the puck but uh, uh blues fans are hoping that that tampa bay with pat maroon that line tonight aren't chopping goals in yeah now and following up with this talking about teammates and blues and you know everybody's tied together john cooper pat maroon Let's not forget about our old buddy Kevin Shattenkirk, huh? He's coming back here with the Lightning tonight, and it looks like he's kind of uh, refound his game. 
down in Tampa and looks like he's adjusting well. Did anybody you have a chance to talk to him or John Cooper about him at all? Yep, uh, talked to Kevin Shattenkirk for a couple minutes, and uh, I like him. You know why I like him, guys? Because we have the same haircut. That's why I like him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he took his helmet off, and he reminded me why I like him so much. Uh, but uh, he, he said he's loving life. Obviously, uh, he didn't like the way things uh, went in New York. He signs that contract. He plays with that hometown team, just like we're talking about here with uh, Pat Maroon. Uh, had a knee injury, wasn't able to play like the Kevin Shattenkirk that we knew here uh, in St. Louis. And then at the last second, they decided to uh, buy him out this past summer. So he was looking for a place to play, and uh, Tampa Bay was looking uh, for a guy like him. He's a, he's a great leader, I think, a good talker, very, very good for the room. And it looks like he's finding his game back, you know, post-knee uh, injury, knee surgery. So he's playing well, and just like Patty Maroon, they got him on the cheap. So to me, when you can bring in two guys like Maroon and Shattenkirk, uh, for what are we talking here, less than $3 million for the two of them combined. Uh, that's pretty impressive. I think that does uh, wonders for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, I think it needs to be noted here, JR, too. Like you said, he's chipping in. In 17 games, he's got five goals, 10 assists, five 15 goals. points, and plus six. So Kevin Shattenkirk uh, really finding his home back again there. He really is, and I've watched a little bit of their games, and uh, he's moving the puck, and he's always had that seeing-eye shot. It's not a Pareko shot. It's you know, a howitzer, but it just always seems to find its way. So uh, he's terrific. And uh, listening to uh, John Cooper, uh, I don't know if he touched on him today, but I've heard him talk about Kevin Shattenkirk, just a welcome addition. And he did his homework on uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. John Cooper called some people in St. Louis and uh, knew a little bit about Shatty, but said, tell me some more. Uh, nothing but thumbs up from the people here in St. Louis. And so uh, he felt comfortable bringing him in. Uh, finally, Jr. when you're looking at the Blues, we, J- Jamie and I were discussing this earlier. Are we starting to finally see maybe that Stanley Cup hangover affect the Blues? I don't think so. I think what's happening here is you're without 91. And uh, while you're not talking about just missing his goals, you're, you're missing the uh, attention that opponents uh, put on Tarasenko, and they're able to focus on the O'Reillys, the Perrons, the Shens, and the Schwartzes. And then also – you go through little uh, cycles, mini cycles here, three, four games where, you know, something's not there. And right now it's the goal scoring. And, and you know, I think it does trace back to uh, Vladimir Tarasenko not being in the lineup. To me, the biggest thing is the five on five. The power play has been terrific. But when you look at the, the top two lines and you look at the big four specifically with Perron and O'Reilly and Shen and Schwartz, those are the guys they're going to keep together uh, tonight, even with the line shuffling. None of those four have done much five on five lately. you got to go back three, four, five games. Uh, on a couple of those guys just to find an even strength point. Uh, Braden Shan, I think he's uh, since late October without an even strength goal. So um, I think that's tied to Tarasenko, and I think they're going through a little bit of a scoring funk here. So I don't think it's so much uh, the hangover. I think they were kind of playing well and playing through that. And who's to say if they had Tarasenko out there the last 10-plus games, uh, they'd be going through that now. So I think it's more of that. And Jr. ending there with uh, five on five woes, and that definitely has to change. And I, and, and David Perron has spoken about this as well about the ebbs and flows of the season. I think that's what they're in right now. And once you know Shen, Perron, they were all had really hot starts to the season. Those guys have cooled off, and then that's in where Vladimir Tarasenko may come in for his hot streak. Ryan O'Reilly hasn't hit that hot streak yet in terms of scoring goals. He certainly put up points, but it has cooled off. There's no question about it. You can even throw Jaden Schwartz into that category as well. You need to score more goals for this team. And I think getting points from the back end as well, getting more goals from a few from Justin Falk is, is not a big ask. Colton Preco as well. 
Seems like Alex Petrangelo is the only one really contributing multiple goals right now uh, for the St. Louis Blues back end. So they need more from Pareko, Falk, Dunn as well. He scored the other night. That needs to continue. Is it fair to put it on Robert Thomas just yet? I don't know, but he could certainly be better in terms of point production for sure. And I think the big thing we're almost overlooking right now is with that lack of scoring, the Blues have still been in every game, and a lot of that has to do with their goaltending. Jordan Bennington and Jake Allen have played superb this season. They have kept these games close, and they will continue to do so, and that's why the Blues are going to stay in these games, even with the lack of scoring. It's because they won't let up a lot of goals due to the play of Jordan Bennington and Jake Allen. So is it a concern that they're not scoring goals? Sure. Is it a um, part of a season that w- where you go through? I think absolutely. I remember speaking with Randy Carricker in the only portions of the season where I've never been more confident in a St. Louis Blues team uh, and, it's, and its ability to score four goals tonight. And that's even with this scoring funk that they're going through because of the talent level they have on this team. So uh, not all is lost in the offense. I still think it's going to get there. Again, it's just one of those times where the puck's not going in for you. We saw that a lot last season. And the difference right now between last season and this year, because the Blues haven't played great. They haven't played certainly the way that they've played the second half of the season. They're playing the way that they played in the first half of last year. Kind of loose, not, not as structured. And the reason why they're one of the best teams in the Western Conference is because of their goaltending. They've made the big saves at the big moments of the game. Otherwise, I don't think the Blues would be sitting at 12-5-4. But the goaltending has been elite in my mind. I was just talking about how the Blues are playing similar to the style of play that they were last year at this time. And, of course, this is the one-year anniversary of Craig Berube becoming head coach. Mike Yo was fired on this day last season on 2018 to usher in that change. We all know what happened. Blues ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Let's take a year in review with the Stalter and Rivers show. Here's Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter talking about the year that has been with Craig Berube at the helm of the St. Louis Blues. The, uh, as we as we reflect back on exactly a year ago today when the Blues did fire Mike Yo, and I'm not taking any shot at Doug Armstrong because it's not like any of us corrected him at the time. But it was interesting going back to that press conference, Jamie Rivers, that Doug Armstrong was saying, we're going to scour the earth to find our next head coach. <laughs> Lo and behold, the guy was sitting right next to him. But again, it, we, in hindsight, we, we, we could say that in hindsight. Nobody had the foresight to say that the Blues are going to win the Stanley Cup and develop an identity, a cultural identity, in the shape of Craig Berube here, or in the makings of Craig Berube. But thank God he did. Thankfully, he put Craig Berube in there as the interim because that was the the first building block to winning the cup. Okay, so you know how everybody always says, everything happens for a reason, right? My mom says it constantly. Okay, so this is one of those times. You know, Doug Armstrong picks November 19th, 2018 at the time, to relieve Mike Yell of his duties. In season, start of the season, one of the hardest times to find another head coach that's just, you know, sitting on the shelf at home. A couple of options, but it may have been a little more challenging. And I think Doug Armstrong wanted to look outside the box rather than just the recycle bin that's sitting around of NHL coaches. So I think that the timing of the of the firing, we'll call it, meant that Craig Berube was going to have to take over at least until the halfway point of the season. So imagine that, right? By Not even by design, this happens. And Craig Berube starts to make progress immediately. With this team. And I would argue with anybody that I think the fact that Doug Armstrong didn't turn right away to Craig Ruby and say, You're the guy, 
I would argue that that actually helped the situation. And the reason being is Craig Berube got to get in there and do things the way he wanted with a, you know what, I'm playing with house money right now because he hasn't said I'm going to be the next head coach. He's looking everywhere and talking to people for the next big head coach to come to St. Louis. I'm kind of under the radar right now. I'm going to do what I believe is the right thing for this group. So it really kind of took the shackles off of Craig Berube, and he went in, and, you know, we've heard the story, he took the standings right off the wall because those are irrelevant. They mean nothing unless we're playing blues hockey. Right. And he got them to start over again. And oh, he, never once did Craig Berube ever say, I'm not happy with these guys. These guys don't have it. We need to get guys that care. Never said that. He said, this is a good group of guys. It's a great hockey players. I'm confident in these guys. And look at the process. It took a while. There's no doubt. And Doug Armstrong himself talked about that one Western Canadian road trip that they went on, how they saw everything kind of changing. And that's amazing because Craig Brew is the interim head coach at this point. Can you imagine, go back again, if Doug Armstrong would have had Alain Vigneault come in? Because everybody right away was like, former St. Louis Blue, he did well with the Rangers. We want Alain Vigneault in here. That would have changed everything. The right. course of his, the butterfly effect, right? Who knows what would have happened? So Matt, a great job by Doug Armstrong being patient, which Doug is, you know, that's kind of the one of the main things that works for him. He's very patient. And then hats off to Craig Berube for taking the ball and running with it with Steve Ott, promoting Steve Ott from the press box to the bench, making him a bigger part of it. Mike Van Ryan, Sean Farrell, video coach. Uh, just a great job by all these guys. And here we are a year later talking about giving Pat Maroon Stanley Cup rings now. Well, I'll do you one better on on the coaching, like, search if you remember at the time, what was the other big name there? Um, they, Who was recently fired? He was fired like maybe a month prior, three weeks prior. What was the big name that we were all talking about? Don't I, overthink it. Oh, Joel Quenville. Joel Quinville. Oh, gosh, that's right. I Joel Quinville was fired, I believe, in early November. Yeah. And... Since it's a year ago today, obviously, November 18th, a year ago, that so it wasn't a, I'm sorry, so it wasn't a full month. It was only a couple of weeks, but Joel Quinville had been fired, and that was the big conversation. Yep. Would Joel Quinville come in? Would they be willing to pay Joel Quinville, go out and get him if you really want to win, all that stuff? Which I had the conversation. I probably, I probably said the same thing, but you look at like things were meant to be. Yeah, things were meant to be that Craig Berube was supposed to be the guy. And I think you bring up a good point, too, about playing with house money. He did it the way he wanted to do it. There was really no repercussions. There was no expectations. Just, hey, you be the placeholder. Get us through the next couple of months. We'll find a spot somewhere for you on the coaching staff. But look, uh, I'm giving you a bad, I'm giving you a raw deal here. (laughs) And Craig Berube said, all right, well, you know. I'm going to take these next couple of months. I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to get any other players. In fact, at the at the time, probably going to lose a lot of these guys. They're going to be traded at the deadline. All right, let's get to work here. Rolled up the sleeves. Before you know it, they caught fire, and then obviously we know what happens. But it wind up just being, yeah, the kind of the, the best case scenario as as we look back on it. You know what you can't forget or omit in this right now? is that I think, once again, it was to the advantage of the St. Louis Blues 
that Craig Berube wasn't given the head coach title right away. And, and, and why I say that, for the other reason we've already discussed, but that group of players in the locker room had just lost a head coach. No matter what anybody says, you feel that. You're like, God, we're so bad. The coach lost his job. And now Chief, who they love dearly as an assistant coach at the time, he's taken over. He's not even the head coach. He's interim. It's almost like he's one of us. Right. He's on trial right now. Like, this is his his audition. Like the b- band of misfits. That's right. The, you know, the land of misfit toys, right? In, in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer there. So that's what you had is a locker room full of misfit toys. And what drives a group to play hard is hoping that you can help the guy that you like so much. Whether it's a teammate, you know, even your trainers, your equipment guy, but certainly your head coach. He's in there. He's in the fire with you. And I think it was very strategic at one point to not offer Craig Berube a contract in season. I don't know the details of it, but I would be almost willing to say that Craig Berube thought to himself, you know what? Let's not do this because I don't want the focus to be on Craig Berube. This is about the St. Louis Blues. And if that's what he's been preaching the whole time, it would have been kind of a weird situation to accept a three year extension in the middle of your second half of the season or towards the end of it or right before the playoffs, whatever. If they do that, who knows what happens. But during the entire playoffs and the Stanley Cup run, Craig Berube, his staff, and the players all had one thing in common. They said when none of us could do this. Right. Well, here we are. And we're not giving up on you, Coach. Coach has said several times, and in the clips, you know, we hear with the beep and the beep, he's like, you're great hockey players. Let's go win this game. You deserve this opportunity. So they're all in that together. Nothing makes a group stronger than having one main goal focused on and pulling in that direction together. You know, to piggyback off that point, too, Doug Armstrong deserves praise for not messing anything up either. Oh, God. He did nothing at the deadline outside of adding Delzato. That was it. That was a depth move. And some some fans kind of question that. Not that he had a lot of flexibility to work with. But Doug Armstrong could have could have gone one in two directions here. He he could have started trading some guys. It was after the hot streak, but you still didn't really know what you had here. You certainly didn't think that you had a Stanley Cup winner. Maybe you make the playoffs, make some money for your front office, but or your ownership group, that's about it. He had a decision to make whether or not he was going to start trading some pieces. He stood pat, made the one depth move for Delzato, didn't mess things up, and as you just noted, he didn't mess it up by handing Barubi a contract. He just kind of kept everything status quo, sunk into the the hedges like the the Homer Simpson, you know, <laughs> yeah. memes, and that w- that was it. And he wound up getting himself another ring as well. As they say in rounders, right? He Doug Armstrong had alligator blood. Mm-hmm. He did. He Pay sat that there. Man his money. Pay that man his money. But yeah, I mean, he stood pat, and probably as hard as it was. Uh, he didn't make any irrational decisions. And the best part about it is Doug Armstrong literally canvassed different people in the organization and, and asked them, you know, their thoughts and specifically the players. What do you think moving forward? And, and to a man, they were all like, we believe in this group. We we got a great group of guys. I don't think a trade will help. It might be worse. It might make it a lot more difficult. And Doug took that information, processed it, waited, and then things started to turn around. And after that, it was a little easier to start being patient as the group got better. And the group definitely got better under Craig Berube last season. 
That's going to wrap it up for the podcast today, the Daily Blues podcast here on 101ESPN.com. Blues Lightning tonight from Enterprise Center. We're on the air with the Mitsubishi Electric pregame show presented by First Community at 6 o'clock with Alex Ferrario. Puck drop just after 7 with Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale on 101 ESPN. Remember, folks, go see a ball game often. Follow your local teams. It really is fun for the entire family. Dan Betlock signing off.